Is that your is that your opening words? I'd say that's the cold open, but it's more of a hot and steamy open. Can you smell what Mr. Hum is cooking? Jeez. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, praying, farting on mic. Oh my God, going too fast. Podcast. Welcome oh to the show. God. Should you pay money for lesson plans from guitar YouTubers, Steve? Yes. All right. There's the All topic. Right, uh, this is a part uh, called housekeeping. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got the, the, you know, I did the topic prompt on YouTube this past week. I did it on Facebook too, but I thought it would be fun to do it on YouTube on the on the the com on the community post section. And a weird guy said YouTubers selling guitar lessons as a topic, and it got three thumbs up. Three other oh, people wanted to hear us talk about. Two that. of those were me. <laughs> With your that's, various that's accounts. Not, that's not true. Uh, so what what do you think about that, Steve? About YouTubers like, say, your Rick Beatos, your Tyler Larson's at Music is Win. Uh, I think Rhett has a lesson that he sells. There's mm. a bunch of them. Glenn has lessons that he sells. Henning has lessons that he sells. A lot of these channels, especially like the talented musician types. What's yeah. that like? I don't know. Especially those types have lesson plans that they sell. You know, whether it's a lesson or whether it's... How much are they? Something else. Uh, you know, it could be a lot, any different, any number of things, right? Like people paywall things. When you're a creative person, you create a thing and you say, hey, uh, here's something I want to create for everyone. And here's something that I think uh, I want to keep for people who really want it. Okay, interesting. Uh, uh, Tyler's thing, music is wins mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. $60 a year for mm -hmm. the guitar super system subscription okay. is why does he put so many S's in there? It's so hard to say. Come on, Tyler guitar, super system subscription. I feel like you're pranking mm -hmm. me with the name alone. Monthly is $10 a month. So there's significant savings mm -hmm. to do it. Per year, move in closer, Steve. Look at you drifting off a camera. Get in shot, man. <laughs> if you want to lean over, scoot. You, you, you don't have to be. You can touch me. You can be close. <laughs> I don't feel like that's crazy. I don't know what he offers in his uh, guitar guitar super system subscription. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming it has some sort. It definitely has more value. Uh, to an individual than our Patreon, which is strictly yeah. there for people to provide support for the show. Yeah. So um, that was the thing I, I was like moving towards saying is everybody's got kind of their different things. So uh, Adam Neely uh, does his through, looks like through Patreon. I thought he has videos on curiosity stream as well. Mm -hmm. I thought, um, so, you know, he supplies a lot of these things through, uh, through uh, Patreon. Right, right. So a lot of this is videos. I'm trying to figure out how high of on the Patreon list you have to go to get lessons. Do, do, do. First dibs on submissions for critique. I think there's, there's nothing in here about lessons. I think there's a an angle of it that I could understand criticism mm -hmm. where people would be like, it's you're on YouTube. You're, yeah. You make money putting videos on YouTube, why don't you just put them on YouTube? 
Like I get that. And a lot of these YouTubers that have lessons that they sell, these lesson plans, these systems and things like that, their YouTube channels, even though they're very successful, they exist more of a way to push people towards those lesson systems. Right. Because they make much, much, much better money on those things. And they're people that have the knowledge, they have the skill, they have the desire to be teachers, which I do not. Yeah. I, I wish I did because the money is absolutely better. I've heard these people, some some people that do these things, talk about the money they make doing lesson plans. And it is it would change my life if I was talented enough to give lessons uh, in that sort of way. Not like the person-to-person lessons that's a conventional, traditional way of doing things. Sure. But these online educational packets or whatever we call them. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, I think, I think there's multiple layers to this, right? So one, sure. uh, I don't know what all is included in the guitar super system. Maybe he talks about it maybe on, you know, in certain videos or whatever. Maybe I should subscribe um, to a couple different things and, and review check it out, them. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, some people, uh, who is the guy from like the worship scene with the really annoying emails that Rick, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Kunde Kunde Kunde. Yeah. Kunde? Is it, is it Diaz that is always spamming? Uh, it's Scott Hamilton, Hamilton, the other, right. the other part of the effect. Oh, I, right. Right. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I promoted this last week. I was on the effects loop oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago with Philip Carter because, uh, Diaz had COVID and Scott was recording an album. Mm. Uh, so they called for backup and got, uh, me and Phil. How did that go? I thought it went really well. We talked about, uh, baseball. That did go very well for you. No, we. I don't think we talked about sports too much, but we, we kept joking that we were just going to. You were threatening to talk uh, about sports. But we kind of just did our own thing, and, and we kind of did their format a little and our own formats a little. Sure. Um, that sounds fun. Anyway. A takeover, on, podcast takeover. Yeah, on the topic, um, I think if if you're like Rick Beato, I don't feel like is a lessons guy. Well, like, he sells he, a book. Right. But well, I'm it's saying, not really a book. It's a PDF. No, but what I and mean. from what I've heard is more like. The scrawlings of a madman. <laughs> what I what I mean is like when you go to his channel or like music is wind, kind of the same thing. When you go sure. to his channel, the main content of the channel isn't how to play a thing or to how to do a thing. Right. So the lessons is something where they've said like I'm able to do this, but once I do it, like I'm done. Like maybe it's a 20 video series, but once you do the 20 video series that you've got planned out, that 21st video isn't going to come maybe for another six months. Maybe you like, so you could, mm. so like you could even sit down. Like I could see as a, so mu- say if I subscribe in theory to music is wins thing, it's like I get on there and there's a backlog of videos that he's made, but the new one, if I get all caught up on say he's made 30 videos. Yeah. I get ca- all caught up on them. For the next, the next time one drops, it's going to be months. Yeah, so possibly. Gonna, possibly. You know, yeah. I, I, again, I don't know how uh, the uh, guitar super system we're works. We're just making stuff up because we we're just assuming. But we I've, don't know. but I've, but I've seen this with lessons because sure, the first sure. thing you have to do is you have to go and say, okay, I'm going to do a curriculum. So like, curriculum uh, is the word I've been looking for. So in my first video, I'm just going to walk through the different parts of guitar. Then in my second video, maybe I'll cover some open chords. And then in the third video, I'm just going to talk about bar chords. And then in the fourth video, I'm going to talk about transitions and whatever. There's bar chords, bar and, chords and church, church chords. chords yeah. Right. Um, 
and then in the in you know so on and so forth. So you can sit there and go like, okay, I have twenty distinct lessons that I do, right? And so I'm gonna film. You know, you once you have that scripted, you could film twenty videos in twenty days, and you've made this lesson. Yeah, right. You need more than that. You need time to edit, Steve. Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying like you could film each video, sure, sure, you, and then you go through and edit it, and however much time that takes. But now you're out of ideas. But what happens when music theory becomes music fact? Oh my gosh! So the issue you have with, to change everything. The issue with doing a lesson plan like that on um, on YouTube is then when you're done with that, or maybe it's interspersed with your own content. And you're a demo guy, right? right you're right. a demo guy. And there's people asking all the time, like, oh, can you do surf lessons? Right. Uh, and, you know, you, you could. You could do. And for you, if you did, like, one video on surf lessons, then it'd probably be a one-off. But if you did, like, a five-video series on surf lessons, then someone's going to be like, hey, can you do another video? Talk, you never talked about... Uh, you never talked about this specific song by this specific band, and I really want to learn how to play it. Can you do a lesson on it? Right. And now you got these people who got your free five video lesson plan and they're like giving you suggestions for the sixth video, but now it's free. Right. And now the expectation is that it's free. Whereas like if you do like a 20 video pack or whatever, as a curriculum one, it's a longer curriculum to theoretically like, yeah, you do like 20 lessons in 20 days. Uh, when you're filming it and you could watch them all really quick. Cause it's probably only like half an hour each video or whatever. Right. But, um, now as a person who's receiving lessons, I might watch episode one and two together or video one and two, like the guitar basics. But you know, for me as a, as a average guitarist, as soon as you get to bar chords, I'm like, I'm going to be watching this video for a couple weeks. Right. Until I get through bar chords. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then work, church chords. and then work up to church chords, then work yeah. up to church chords. Yeah. So and then so, when you get really advanced, like honky tonk chords, yeah. And yeah. then you get into like barn chords if you want to play country. You know, there's a lot of different types of chords that people don't talk about. So anyway, I, I think that's kind of like where where I see it as, where it's like it's not your main content, but it's something that yeah. Well, I think a lot of these people used to give lessons, or maybe they still currently give lessons on the side. Well, I know a lot of them came up through music education system right, so they right. they came into their a lot of their music knowledge in formal education yeah, so MI, they probably feel qualified GIT, to Berkeley. you know that you know it's, it's education education system pumping out more educators is you know kind of the way i see it devry university right right itt tech coleman college <laughs> Grand Canyon University for those church chords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would you ever? Would you ever buy curriculum from a guitar YouTuber? I probably should. <laughs> I'll sell you some, Steve. I'll make some just for oh you. Um, <laughs> I think and it'll be all addressed to you, Steve. <laughs> this is what you need to know. I'm going to show you. <laughs> Well, you know, some people would say, some people would say like, well, you know, why, why would you need to do that? There's so much free content. You know? That, you no, know, that's kind of my thought is like, there are so many free resources online. Okay. You, you, you deliver your counter to that and I'll, I'll deliver mine after that. So it's free. I get it. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's everything is every, not everything, but there's always a lot of things are transactional. I think Personally, that sure. we are in the unique place 
where I need to buy a printer and start shipping the hell out of stuff because I'm yeah way behind. Um, and uh, but for the most part, like the way our Patreon is set up, is we do a swag pack and then we kind of just rely. Uh, we don't we don't do a lot with Patreon. We don't. We do the inner circle for at the ten dollar ten dollar level, and so it's a more behind the scenes look into uh what we do i think people support us because they want to support yeah. us you know but if you know so and we should make license plate frames the way that oh like pbs does um but a lot of a lot of creators if you're going through and you say okay i can take all these free lessons but i really like music as win as a channel so i want to support them i could do the patreon for you know five dollars a year and that's 60 bucks or I could do the $60 lesson plan and I'm giving them the same amount of support, but I'm also right. getting something really cool that I can, that I can use. Sure. You know? And, and so I think people a lot of times will think that way. And on top of it, it's like, again, I really like this channel. Why do I like the channel? Because I think he's a really good guitar player. You I, know, I think my counterpoint to why not just use free lessons online is there certain things that. I have trouble understanding the way they're conventionally presented. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of theory concepts. I, I, I went over this in my video about why I suck at guitar. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot of concepts I don't get unless I discover how it works by myself. Yeah. But if I found a channel that I really, truly jived with and was like, this person knows how to explain it in a way that I get, I feel like I might, I probably would invest in their curriculum. If they were selling a lesson program and they were explaining things in a way where it's like, wow, I get that now. And I just like, you just like cracked open, you know, a wave of knowledge that I haven't experienced. Right. Like, Cause yeah, you jive, I mean, you jive with that presenter. Right. Like they, they are presenting knowledge in a way that connects with me. I feel like I would be compelled yeah. to do it. And it'd you be know? worth it. It would be worth it. Yeah. You know, it's an investment. In, it's an invest. I want to, Oh, it's an in invest in yourself folks, but it's also just an investment in hobby. I mean, I definitely spend you know money on dumb things that I don't need to spend. No, don't need to spend money on all the time. So yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't know how everyone else's is, is, is priced, but what was it? $60 for a year? I think so. I mean, we don't know what's back there. Maybe you just, you, that's one video a year. I don't know. It can't be. No, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's even, all the curriculum is already built. Even $10 a month. Like, and the, the thing about that is like, if you look up private instruction, it's going to be more than $10 a session. Oh yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. Private it should be is up there. But then like with person to person instruction, then you're getting feedback from someone and they're looking at how you're playing and they're going like, uh, you know, you've got this bad habit. Let's work on yeah. that and things like and that. And then your instructor and say, Ryan, put your hand like this. Yeah. And they wrap around behind me. <laughs> Let me show you how to strum this chord. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm the one, one flirting. Show me how to play that one. I don't get it. Put my fingers where they need to be. And it's like in ghosts. Because <laughs> the guitar is covered in wet clay for some reason. <laughs> because you because you generated it on Dolly. <laughs> like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Well, you've made a guitar out of wet clay. Yeah. That's the first for thing one. you've done wrong. And you're shirtless, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Where's your, where are your clothes? <laughs> so I don't know. I... I think that there's a temptation, especially with the variety of 
personalities that are on YouTube mm -hmm. to be critical of that sort of thing. But it might be like an incredibly functional thing. Like I, it, you know, every now and then you hear people say like, ah, oh, that system, I didn't really like it. Or like, sure. Or I brought, I bought the Beato book and it's just it's ramblings of a madman. <laughs> it might not be. I've heard a, a few people say like, oh, it's really disorganized. Yeah. And like, it's all information you can get anywhere these days. Yeah. Uh, but did you, did you hear that maybe, from a certain long haired uh, Islander? No, I don't okay. think so. I don't know who you're referring to. Okay. But uh uh but if the way Rick Beato like shows stuff connects to you, maybe mm -hmm. those ramblings of a madman connect with you yeah. in a way that's that's important and educational to you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You tell me. All right, let's get to the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping is part of the show where we just let you all know if you want to support the production of this show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast where for as little as a dollar a month or as much as whatever amount of money you want to sign up for, uh, you can you can uh, support what we're doing here. Yeah. So, I mean, it, we use that money for travel. I bought the Surfer Jets dinner with it a few weeks back. Uh, you know, we use it for you know production needs and stuff like that we bought this gin we brought that we are almost out of official no we are out for that's the last of that's it that's the last of it we bought a bunch of 50 dollars bottles of booze for the show on our 400th episode and mm -hmm. we just ran out that's how long it took us 42 this, episodes 42 episodes that's pretty good it's pretty that's it took one, us a while that's one bottle every 10 episodes it's pretty good pretty good guys we, so, we really milked it we nursed those check bottles. that out if you want if you don't if you if you're like hey you know what i'm not in a position to do that just go leave a review on itunes or google play store or whatever platform you're yeah. listening off of leave a comment on youtube and give this video a thumbs up or you know what is this a good video you know what buy my book how to make a living playing guitar even though you suck at guitar you should write that book <laughs> i made the the i made the graphic for the cover there it is. Go, go look at it. There's nothing to buy. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hit this first ad then, hey? Sure. Which one was it? Oh, like the a chumpy. Milk like crate a chumpy. Dr. Have you watched, David Have you watched Sandander. the Lollapalooza no. documentary? Are you no. going? Do you want I, to? No, I don't. maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. Apparently, they blame all of it on Limp Bizkit. Wait, wait, Lollapalooza or Woodstock '99? Woodstock '99. I Sorry. have not Woodstock '99. I was like, I'd probably watch a Lollapalooza yeah, documentary. I don't know if I want to watch a Woodstock '99 documentary. All right, trade lightweight Fender Blues amp, four hundred dollars. This is a nineteen ninety six. This is a nine. Wow, made in the USA Fender wow. Blues Junior guitar amp that I adapted to fit in a milk crate to save weight. Weighs only twenty pounds, and it's a tube amp with twelve inch speaker. I have an Eminence Little Texas Neodymium lightweight speaker in it. I will also include the original cab with speaker if you ever want to make it uh, back to normal. I will also include a tilt stand as well. Looking to trade for an Alcoa tenor ukulele, a Kai MPC, or Xbox. Cash price is $400. You're back, Will. Thank you. I've heard of open back cabs, but this is ridiculous. It's an open everywhere cab. I honestly wonder how this sounds. What if it sounds great? It probably does sound great. There's this, nothing this getting a, in between you and your tone. This is a pretty rusty plate. It's got some tarnish on that. 
I really that, that, love that chassis that he put the little eminence badge yeah. on the front. That's a nice touch. So things you can't do with this. Uh, you cannot stand on this. You cannot do an amp dive off of this. You don't think you can stand on a milk crate? I would. I not in like not when it's on its side like this. I guess that's true. If it was if it was with the speaker facing straight up, you could stand on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, there's some. There is something acoustically to cabs the way they focus sound and the way mm. they you know the, they resonate and things like that. So you this is going to sound different than a traditional cab. You know what though? With a little, if if you if you get this and you're like, you know what, this thing sucks. They're gonna throw in the original chassis. They're gonna include it. what should be included anyway. Yeah. So I mean, literally, how much do they want for it? Four hundred bucks. I'm gonna say this is a buy buy buy. You think this is a buy buy buy? I think this how is much a buy, do buy, Blues Juniors go for? I don't know, man. But this is made in America. Fender Blues Junior 1996. There's one in Tweed for $475. I don't know, man. Let's just say Fender Blues Junior USA. Uh, $650. People are asking for a $650. That's a high one. $500 for a 2001. Five nineteen, no year given. The cheapest one on here is four hundred and fifty dollars. I guess, I guess, like someone who's crafty would look at this and like, well, I could always put it back together, and it's a cheap way to get a blues junior. Like I said, the the only my a only cheaper way. It's not a cheap way. It's a cheaper yeah, way. My only concern is it looks like you're missing a couple screws. Uh, and yeah, everyone tells me that again. This uh, this chrome plate. Uh, where the control panel is is a little not Ooh, in good yeah, shape. But you know, like most of my chrome amps that I've gigged with ended up yeah. looking like that. You know, they just they just end up looking like that. Actually I think it's all of my amps that have a top facing chrome because the dust settles on them and moisture settles on them and stuff like that. Uh, I think all my forward facing ones, well I guess I don't have any forward facing ones that are chrome now that I think about it. Chrome is kind of the worst material for a guitar's control plate because it is really hard to read the text on them. Yeah. And then they get crusty. Like it, it really is the worst, but I like this concept as someone, you know, who's done busking. I, I really like the look as like a busker's amp. Well, you'd still need like some way to power it. Yeah, I know. I know. Use this for busking. I know, but I, but conceptually like it's an, it's I dig neat. it. I dig what, I dig what he tried to do here. It's very interesting. I don't know if it's $400 interesting to me, but I guess if I was shopping for a Blues Junior and this came up, I would consider it. Yeah. I'm seeing blue other other Blues Juniors showing us sold 450 three, no, one sold for 350. Hey, Fender, when are you going to drop the Blues When are you going to drop the Blues Senior Fender? So the other thing We're with all this, waiting for the other it. thing with this is again, I, you know, I guess whether or not you want that speaker is a different question, but you're getting two speakers with this. Yeah. Like you're you, getting that neodymium and you're yeah. getting the original. So really you could probably take this, convert it back to its original spec, sell that neodymium speaker for, I don't know, 80 bucks, hundred bucks. You, you think 80, hundred? I don't know. It's a eminence, man. Yeah. But I feel like you speakers usually go 30, 50. Eminence, Lil. Like I sold a Celestian Lil. Blue and it like took Texas. forever to sell that thing. 
These speakers are $135 new. Yeah, but the used market is different, man. Especially for speakers. I, don't know, I think it's an interesting concept. Someone should buy it. Haggle a little bit. I think you should haggle. I think you should offer three fifty. See what happens. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, man, just make it happen. Just, just buy it. So, just Steve, do it. Just buy bye, it. Bye, bye, bye. Come on. Don't be difficult. What's wrong with you? you what are you afraid of? You know that you want this amp. Just buy it. Yeah. Come on. You already drove there. Just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> what would Super Rich Steve pay for this amp? Four hundred dollars. Right on the money. Yeah. Yeah, no need to I'm haggle. Not, I'm not going to mess around. <laughs> My baby don't mess around. All right. Uh, uh, what's new? Sponsor? No, this episode's brought to you by Big Air Pedals. They make a woodcutter. The woodcutter is a... A woodcutter. They make the woodcutter, wood Steve. Are you kidding me? It a woodcutter. Now, does this woodcutter go... Or does it go... It goes... This is a sick as hell rat style distortion. I still say this is my favorite rat. It just yeah. has a it has some you sort of should. mojo it's magic. It's a great to it. rat. It feels a little bit warmer and fuller. It's got like it's got this vibe. I don't know. I don't. I've had a bunch of rats. I've had all sorts of proco rats. I've had all sorts of other rats, and this is the one I keep going back to when I want that pure rat sound. Bigger Pedals is on a little bit of a hiatus mm -hmm. uh, while they finish the, up their move, but head on over to their socials and their website and get on all those lists. Follow them on Instagram. So make sure you stay when, up to date when they make more of these, you'll find out this episode's also brought to you by demonic machines. That's right, Steve. Right now I'm holding the mold fuzz serial number six, six, nine here. Here's my concern with this pedal, Ryan. Mm. Uh, some people have described me as a shooting star mm. and I've been told that only shooting stars break the mold. So I'm a little worried. It's not that kind of mold. Oh, Steve. okay. It's the type of mold I found on that inside that jar of old olives that was in the back of my fridge today. Ooh. Yeah. That's what it sounds it's like, like. a sludgy. So if you want fuzz that sounds like something you definitely wouldn't eat. Check out the mold fuzz by Demonic Machines. Was that a good sponsorship? Is Tone in the fingers, Ryan? No, Tone is in the signal, Steve. Oh, you big dumb dumb. Jeez. Jeez. Hey, man. You should know better than that. What's new? Tone is in the friendships we made along the way. What's new, Steve? Well, remember how I went to uh, Tiki Oasis? Yeah. And I talked about it last week. And remember how when I was how I mentioned that a few people came up to me and asked about Dinosaur Ghost. Uh -huh. while I was there. Well, uh, earlier this week, like two or three days, well, it was on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Daikaiju hit me up. Okay. And they're like, "Hey, is Dinosaur Ghost uh, active right now? Because we're going to play in San Diego and we need an opening band." And it's like, "We're not. We're not at all." And uh, and uh, then I thought about it some a little bit, and then I wrote Mitch and Ariel. And I was like, "Do you guys want to play again?" <laughs> so we're getting the band back nice. together. Dinosaur Ghost is gonna make an attempt to 
play once again. I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, the, uh, our friend Davey is on board to drum. Oh, nice. Uh, but he's not sure what his availability is. So we're probably going to try to bring in an alternate drummer at some point. Mm. Uh, we're not going to, tr- we're not going to try to haul ass to open for Daikaiju. It's just okay. not going to happen. Uh, but those people asking and other people asking over the years and then Daikaiju asking so recently. And honestly, my growing nostalgia and desire to play those songs again and mm-hmm. to, and to be on stage again, uh, pushed me over the edge. And when, right. when I wrote Mitch and Ariel, they were very enthusiastic. They're like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. So dinosaur ghost is coming back. I was doing a little bit of live video on Instagram the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I saw wearing that. the mask, wearing some stripes, playing some freaky nonsense guitar, just having fun thinking about it. I'm excited. I, I'm at the place in my life where I think I can do it. There was a couple of years where it was like I was working so hard on all of this. Mm-hmm. And I had really young kids that were being somewhat difficult. And everything else in life just made having a band seem too difficult. And I feel like I'm easing out of that period now and I'm I'm ready to do it. You know, it's not I'm I'm not planning on like making my living being in a band, but I'm I'm looking forward to playing a show couple times a year having some practices maybe writing a couple cool, more man. songs where are you gonna practice yeah. that well that's a good question steve <laughs> um we, i've got this area out here in front of us that i think is just big enough to put uh like an electric drum kit so if i clear a bunch of this crap out of here i think i think it'll work i mean i guess if you move the t- if you no, do no, something like like it, imagine all this crap isn't here in front of here like I can't it's been so long <laughs> <laughs> there, no, like think about the floor space there. There's enough yeah. space. I'm thinking about getting like a sub $1,000 electric drum kit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so if anyone has recommendations, let me know. Also, Mitch, he has his own house now and uh, he lives out off the 94, I think. Okay. And he says that he has a practice room with a drum kit and stuff because he's been in, in a country band for, for years now. So we can practice at his house as well. That's cool. So it's, you know, we have spaces we can do it. But my thought in getting the electric kit was to be able to do lower volume stuff here mm-hmm. instead of, you know, blowing all our ears out and annoying the neighbors. Like we have new neighbors since the last time we had practice here and they have a young kid and stuff. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to do that to them late at night if we don't have to. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. If you guys want to check out Dinosaur Ghost Music, I'll, we'll have a link to the band camp down below. Um, it was a really fun band, and uh, I legitimately miss it. So, Well, whatever you hopefully do... Hopefully we get it together. Don't book your shows through Gig Town. Okay, I won't. What is that? I don't know. Ariel has made a bunch of videos. Oh. <laughs> about how... Like really talking about how actually Gig Town... Gig Town is like a... Uh, if you want a band, you go to Gig Town and say, Hey, I need a band for a party. And then they go find a band for you. And his complaint his his complaint wasn't that their service is bad because that's a service that's actually really cool. Right. It's that uh, their it sounds like their pay scales a little behind the times. Sure. So I mean, get he money. was encouraging them to update their pay scale to the year twenty twenty two. Sure. What year are they currently in? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything new? Yeah. Uh, super off topic. Uh, I watched the A League of Their Own reboot. Oh, is it out already? Show, yeah. All right. It's on Amazon. Um, my review of it is everyone who was trashing on it 
uh, based on the teaser, which the teaser is a little tough to follow, or the trailer, all those people were wrong about what they wanted to trash the show for. Because there's so much more. Because there's something, there's probably other stuff they're going to trash it for now. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Sure. Uh, I enjoyed it enough. Like the acting is fine. Uh, did you watch Letterkenny? Yeah. So one of the uh, one of the main one of the supporting characters is the uh, blonde hockey player girl. Sure, sure. So which she's a lot of fun in Letterkenny, and she's a lot of fun in this, and um, it's a fun show. My only real complaint about it is they played like CGI baseball, which is a little too like Twilighty for me. Why? Why did they do that? Because they wanted to make it look fast. And so there's certain things that happen and the way it looks is it, I kind of got used to it. And I kind of just like once, why not bring in body doubles? I don't know. That I, seems I like so much more work. Well, so it's just things where it's like, I think what they did is like, they would have the actors go through the motion of like, I'm going to put the glove here. And then they would CGI in the ball going to the glove and then do like, do fully sound of a is this the sort of thing where you notice it because you are a sports i think it's really noticeable it's like angels in the outfield like noticeable to me so i think everybody will notice this it's like rookie of the year you go like clearly if you broke your arm your arm would not turn into a loaded spring. I know I'm leaning back in the shot, Steve. It's because I'm like, I'm talking at you like this. Yeah. This is a great, this is a great show, Steve. (laughs) Great show. So anyway, that was my only complaint with it. Um, I watched it. Once I kind of blocked it out. Like once I was like, whatever, it's just going to keep happening. Then it it wasn't a problem. Let them tell their story. I I watched uh, the first episode of, of she Hulk. Oh yeah, and a that's, lot of people. That's next on my list. A lot of people were complaining about the CG in the in the trailer and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, it's it's not a movie. And even if it was like right. Marvel CG has been going downhill for yeah. a while yeah. now. Some of the CG in Free and Multiverse of Madness was not the best. I think it's considering it's a TV show, right? The CG is a lot better than it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they wanted to fix it, cause it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. Like human figures is such a difficult thing to do. Right. And people were complaining about the way she Hulk looked. I thought the Hulk looked worse than she Hulk and they've been right. animating him forever. Yeah. Like, she, like he looked like he was like zero gravity floating around sometimes. <laughs> uh, and she looked a lot more grounded to me, mm-hmm. but I thought it was uh, the first episode. Was, I thought was fun and entertaining. Yeah. It's not it didn't blow my mind or anything like that. There they had some fun with fourth wall breaks and stuff. Yeah, I've like heard that. it's. I've heard it's like uh, as far as Marvel shows go. I've heard it's like uh, I don't know what I would call a ten, but I've heard it's like st- the start is like a it's like a seven. It's a solid seven. Yeah, I I I jive with that. Yeah. You know, like you know, anything can be better. Yeah, Unf- it's not Unf- remarkable, but for how judging against how bad it could be, it's pretty good. Apparently, uh, apparent apparently, uh, that show was also. I don't know if this if the second part is accurate, uh, but the first thing that I heard is that uh, like 
before it was even released or like within minutes of it being released. So the whole joke, you know, we talked about this with YouTube where people will, uh, before back before you review it before they finish watching it. Yeah. People will leave a comment in the video, like not in the live chat, but in the video stream while the premiere is going on talking about how it's so dumb that you didn't talk about this thing. And it's like, clearly like you posted this before the video right. was even like 10 minutes in and it's a 30 minute video. Right. Um, so that people basically review bombed uh, she Hulk the day before it was released. Right. Uh, giving it a bunch of one stars. Now the thing that I don't know if this is true, but it makes for a great meme is that it was a, if you look at the, all of these accounts that are like one starring it on IMDb, they're all like men in their mid thirties. Right. They're, it looks like the trailers looked like a lot of fun. And at this point, fun. I don't, it's, this dumb fun Yeah, at this point, I don't really care if for, especially for something like this, I don't care if Marvel looks good. It's better if it looks good, but really I just want to have fun. My thought was like, they should have just gone full animation, like make it a cartoon. Did you watch Modoc? I did. That was great. I could only I could only get through like one or two episodes. I really enjoyed Modoc. I just it just I was having trouble locking in. It just wasn't interesting. It was a me. very like Venture Brothers kind of vibe. Yeah. No, I can see it. It didn't help that it was on Hulu, which is a uh I know you're allergic to Hulu. Which is a platform I don't use as much. All right. So. Let's uh let's keep having a guitar show. Yeah, man. Uh let's look at this next ad. Uh this was sent by Mr. B. Mr. B. This who's, is who's Mr. B. I don't know. Mr. Do you think, B. Do you think he's related to Mr. E? I thought I was thinking Mr. F. Mr. F. Mr. F. Remember that from Yeah, I do. Arrested Development, Steve, another television show. You want to talk about Arrested Development for 10 minutes instead of having a guitar show? So this is sure. a wild-looking thing. Uh apparently this is a prototype uh that they made for Nam. Uh, oh. The description says that it was made by Simi Mosley, who is the original guy. Mm-hmm. Pickups wound by Dana Mosley, his daughter, who has carried on the business yep. since his passing. The 1984 Nam show. I don't know. I mentioned that stuff when Steve is just going to read the, uh, the whole damn thing. You don't have oh, to. Oh, they were similar ones, but this one was made in 88. Well, from what I understand, the the, the previous ones were like double necks and weird things like that, which, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, most right is famous for their double necks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wild shape, and it definitely has that 80s vibe to it, where it is like this is a Mose right. Mm-hmm. You can tell this is a Mose right through and through. Yeah. But the, because the pickups say Moserite on them. Yeah, and the logo on the on the trim and on it says it on the headstock as well. Yeah. You can tell yeah. in more than a few ways that it's a Moserite. But no, it has Hold those, on, is that a trim or a vibrato? Yes. Uh that it has all the characteristics of a classic Moserite. Yeah. As far as the German carve, the offset uh, horns where the top one is shorter than the than the lower one, mm-hmm. the super flat frets. Uh, the the uh, serial number stamped into uh, the fretboard just below the last fret, the signature pickups, the signature trim and bridge, and all those really cool details. I think it's neat that it's a six in line. They want thirty grand for this thing. Whoa! Man. I, mean, I know it's a one-off, but it's... 
And they have all of the, what's the phrase that I always forget, where they have proof of all the purchases. Uh, the provenance. The provenance. They have all this provenance for it. And I don't, there's no reason to doubt that it's not the real thing. Yeah. But man, 30 grand. Like, it's really cool. And I'd love to own a real Moserite. And, you know, just the, the 60s Moserites and even the later Moserites, they, they, you know, they're not into like vintage Fender or Gibson territory yet, but they fetch, they fetch a couple, you know, they fetch thousands of dollars. This seller is open to offers. What offer, what would, you, what offer do you think? Here's the thing you I would want to make. On I, I have no idea what it would actually be valued at, but I have a tough time thinking outside of like 10 grand. Right. Like maybe there's a collector out there that's like 30 grand. Yeah. I've got to snap this up because it may, it's, it's late in semi Mosley's life. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's one of the last ones he ever made or something like that. But boy, I wonder if they, here's, here's a question. Should they reissue this? <laughs> it's really wild. It's really psychedelic. Like the lines this thing have going on are very Rick Griffin, the uh, the artist. If anyone's familiar with Rick Griffin, like look at those swirls on the headstock. There was one listed. I love that they tucked the classic Moserite top of the headstock shape into the end of it as well. It looks like this exact same guitar, presumably sold eight years ago on Reverb, where it was listed for twenty five thousand dollars with free shipping. Wow, you get that free shipping, and it's 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 like, I don't don't want to lose money. Well, it's in the right neighborhood, too, because this is being sold out of North Reading, Massachusetts, and the original one... 30 grand. The original one was being sold in Camden, Maine. Come on, free shipping. They want 150 for shipping. Like, that's not even... doesn't even make sense. If you're shipping a $30,000 guitar, you should pay more than 150 in shipping. There should be, like, intense, like, insurance going on and mega packaging, some sort of really private delivery service to ship this thing. You should for thirty grand. I would drive this at least two states away. I would drive this to Washington. I would drive this to Utah. I would drive this to New Mexico. What do you think about that? For thirty grand, I would drive this to Idaho, Steve. Idaho's two states away, I guess technically. It's kind of diagonal across. Yeah. yeah. But close enough, you know. Would you want? Would you be stuck Just on like as the seller? I would drive it to make sure it got there safe. This is kind of cool. Is that a different? It's a newer. It's a reissue. Okay. Is it actually made called, by called uh, the Moserite Dynamite? But who made it? Uh, it's um, it's uh, made by Fillmore. Okay. Uh, but it's got so it's got all the Moserite uh, badges and like it's an official Moserite, right? Right. But it's made by Fillmore. I don't. That's interesting. Well, there's here's the thing. There's there's two different p- people who have been officially making under Moserite. There's Dana Mo- Mosley, yeah, and then there's a, a Japanese factory, and there's disputes over the name and things like that. Okay, so yeah. so so Fillmore is was working with Dana. To make right, this. right. Apparently. That's interesting. So the, so, How much is it? Oh, this is just someone talking. Oh, someone about just has it. it. Okay. I don't. I don't know what the information is. If I was going to buy a Moserite, I wouldn't buy this model if I could get it new, like the same price as a regular Moserite. But I think this is a really compelling shape. I love the color too, even though it's the same color as my skin. 
<laughs> I usually don't like guitars to be the same color as my skin, but uh, there there was it a is really cool history. 1988, not like Nam prototype, Simi Mosley made it. Like I love all those. There details. was a Dynamite on Reverb, and this this. You know, the reason I'm looking at this, and it was two grand, that's, three that's years That's in ago, the realm of possibility. Uh, 2010, and this feeds back into the idea that this was a guitar that was made for Dana, and now you have the Dana-mite wave model, right? which is basically she's signing off on this, she's running the company and designing this, and it's got her name on it. Right, right. Um, I'm pretty sure she was also behind the gospel model, which is a unique uh, mm-hmm. variation on a Moserite. Mo- Mo- but yeah, uh, two grand. Yeah, I you know two grand that totally totally within the realm of possibility. Sponsor spot? Yeah, we got more stuff to open. Oh no, let's yeah, let's open some stuff. Dang, we should have done that earlier. Yeah, sorry about that. Here, you you crack this one open. I think I already know what this one is, and it's been uh five years in the waiting for this. What? Oh, and there's two of them. I have it's a book and I wrote one of the articles in it. It oh. was a um it was a a what's the word I'm looking for? A rich visual journey and lively exploration into the cultural significance and design and symbiotics of the contemporary guitar effects pedal. It was a display up in San Francisco I think like a college a uh, gallery sort of showing. Oh, about I, uh, I, I, I re- recognize the name Ron Light. I remember him. So he actually sent me a Dan Electro pedal, um, and I did like a little write up on just its appearance. And I remember when it happened because I was on vacation in Hawaii. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he hit me up. And he's like, hey, can you write something about this? And I'm like, well, I'm on vacation right now. And he's like, well, I kind of need it really soon. <laughs> oh, there's an Orchrist in here. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff in here. Uh, and so I wrote the article with like voice to text on my phone in the hotel room while my family was like resting in between us snorkeling and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I'm not in here, but I did write something for the... Uh, for the display. Oh, cool. There's a Carcosa in here. Oh. Is this it? Yep. This is me. So it's the Psycho Flange. That's what I wrote a thing for. Um, <laughs> should I read what I wrote? You should. <laughs> psycho Flange. Not to mince words. The visual design of the Psycho Flange by Dan Electro is a postmodern dumpster fire. Oh my gosh. Combining visual elements from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s into a massively heavy metal enclosure. The contours vaguely resemble a three-eyed art deco owl. A hand-drawn swirl emanates from the foot switch, a visual theme borrowed from Alfred Hitchcock. Psychological thrillers a la Vertigo, implying this pedal will drive you truly insane. Strangely, the Psycho Flange also features a 60s-style piece symbol between the printed graphics and control knobs. What is the designer trying to say about peace? What is the designer trying to say about insanity? Or how are they connected? Could the Psycho Flange be a clue revealing a secret Illuminati conspiracy? Or is it just a kitschy 
amalgam of retro fetishism that means nothing at all. Guest written by Ryan Burke, 60 Cycle Hum, the Guitar Podcast. That's cool, man. Oh, I forgot I wrote all those words by speaking them into my phone. And it must have been talk to text because I'm sure all the spelling is good. No, he probably probably fixed my spelling on it. That's right. I'm published. I'm in a book. Yeah. Cool. Did you uh, did you open that yet? Uh yeah, kind of. Well, I didn't pull it out, but pull I Pull it out, Steve. I want to see it. Let's read this. Dear Ryan and Steve, first off, let me say that I'm a huge fan of the show and the channel. Long time subscribed. They recently joined the Patreon. Wanted to send uh you guys some swag from my band Daredevil Pilots. We are a group of six guys, some of which are dads. We label our band as Dad Rock. But play, play a blend of alt hard rock with a little post rock spring on it. Yeah, that's dad rock. Dad rock uh, is cool, but I'm more into like father funk. Whoa. What was that? There you go. That was one of the jingles. Oh, what is it? Play it. Is yeah, that jingle. one of the new ones? Yeah. There used to be crickets right there. That's um, what it's going for. We recently sent some tunes for the show after recording our debut EP last year. Here are the stickers to make it on the Cyclone. And hope you enjoy the shirt and buttons. Thanks for an awesome podcast and great video content. Well, thanks to you, uh, Matt Edwards from Daredevil Plights. P.S. What, what's your favorite guitar Squire has produced? Mine is a tie between the 2006 Vintage Modified Jazzmaster and the 2012 Vintage Modified 72 Deluxe. I think the Starcaster Deluxe. is still like one of the best Squires I've ever played. Yeah, it's definitely up there. And it's so unique. And I honestly like it better than like the Mexican version of the Starcaster that came out with years ago. That sticker. That's a really cool sticker. It's like a holographic like fighter plane. And then Daredevil Pilots. Oh, here's a button. Oh, also I have a and sticker a here. From the Go-Go Rillas. I'm also wearing their shirt right now. They handed me uh, a bunch of stickers. And I wanted to buy their shirt when I was at Tiki Oasis. But they insisted on giving it to me. So thank you, Go-Go Gorillas. Go-Go Rillas. It's not Go-Go Gorillas. It's Go-Go Rillas. Get their name right. Check this shirt out. That's a nice looking shirt. Yeah, that shirt's you, Steve. It is me. You wear that one. I will. Change into it right now. Or save it for next time. No, I'm not changing on camera. Oh, come That's on. for the OnlyFans. <laughs> so how should I prioritize the front? There's a good spot right there to Ooh, cover up. That is a good spot. They yeah. always wrap really funny around the edge. It's because of the edge is curved. Well, yeah. Obviously. I'm saying like if it was squared, then it would wrap easy. I want this one to not get... You're going to put both on there. Wow. They're good wow. stickers. They're good stickers, Steve. And we got to get this thing covered up. We do. We do. Is it We're almost peel there. Off? It'll peel off if you try harder. I'm trying as hard as I can, Steve. Use your mind powers. Do I want to... No. This needs to be in a place where it's not going to get mangled. tricky like i want to cover the most stuff possible you just put go. that over a different sticker i know i know oh the go gorillas got a round boy here let's use this to cover up something slight you know what someone's gonna have to puncture through to the output oh my jack. gosh <laughs> 
What's wrong with you? That's awful. <laughs> it's it's where's let me let me puncture it for the next person who's gonna come around. There we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awful. <laughs> I think it's brilliant, Steve. All right, this episode's also brought to you by String Joy. That's right, Steve. We've got 24 String Joy. Wow. That's, sets of strings that's here. That's a lot of joy. And you know, it's not enough for me to restring all the guitars I have in this room. But this will keep us set up for at least a good year here. I'm positive. I've got a bunch of stuff I've been waiting to restring. So I'm stoked to have all these in. Uh, if you need strings, which you do because you're watching this channel right now, which means you play guitar because there's no other reason you would watch any of this nonsense if you didn't play guitar. So you obviously... What if you just like to you hear need, new people speak passionately about something? No one likes that, Steve. Okay. Uh, obviously, you need strings. Go check out String Joy if you haven't before. You can get custom sets. Whatever gauge you want, mixed together with other gauges that you want in creative and wacky ways. You want to get experimental. You just want to try something a little bit different. And they're affordable. They start at like $11.50 or something like that. And if you buy multiple sets, there's free shipping and discounts that come into play and things like that. So go check them out. Use our link down below. Huge thanks to String Joy for sponsoring this nonsense once again. This episode is also brought to you by Chase Plus Audio. We're celebrating Chase Plus Audio by showing you a pedal that they don't make anymore. And it's a perfect demonstration of why you need to follow them on social media they're doing direct sales now almost exclusively they're not selling through retailers anymore if you want to get something from chase bliss before it's gone you need to be in the know you need to know when it's available you need to know when it's running out so go follow chase bliss on all their social medias get on emailing lists get on carrier pigeon find out when there's things to find out about when it comes to chase bliss audio all right. This last ad was sent by John Fleming. Is this the last one, Steve? This shirt was sent by John Fleming. Nice. Thank you, John Fleming. Heads up, metalheads. A friend of mine wanted a full-size custom guitar based on the Dean Vengeance guitar, but the project didn't materialize, so I just decided to do a three-string version I've named Revengeance. The pickup is an overwound flat humbucker, 13K. It shreds even without gain. With gain, you can take Revengeance on your parents and neighbors while simultaneously making new boy and or girlfriends volume what volume and tone controls the body is painted with allegedly the blackest black paint oh that is rad steve is excited now now i kind of want to now i kind of want this because i've only four hundred talking about this uh the blackest black paint ever so uh the paint is intended for art projects and not durability so it Expect this guitar to roll it quickly. Do you know about Black 3.0? I do, Steve. Okay, good. Uh, you guys go look up Black 3.0 and also uh, the blackest black. Uh, fuck that uh, Chicago cloud guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, tuned to open G with 23. Steve really scale. cares about this art thing. It's a really fun story where like the pink guy is just a dick. Sure. No, no, not the pink guy. The, the, the Vanta black right, guy right, right. is a dick. Uh, the neck is stiffened with two carbon fiber Steve truss rods. Steve has found sports inside of art, and he's so I pumped. The, pretty much. That's what it feels <laughs> like. Uh, neck is oaked. Neck is oak for walnut finished with lacquer rosewood fretboard. You got to come play this one. I, 
I want to. I don't usually like it when V shapes veer away from the traditional beginnings, like the original Gibson Flying V design. I like mm-hmm. that to kind of maintain that. I don't like it when they get sharper and pointier and faster. But this one, because it's three string mm-hmm. and the whole thing is slim, it is really exciting looking to me. Like this looks like a ton of fun. It has a very interesting looking pickup situation. Yeah, yeah the, um, the side humbucker. I think that's the same design that like uh, fat, what they call like the mud bucker. Even though uses. it's done in no, a no, cigar box sort of style with like that, the, you know, it's got a zero fret, but then the nut mm-hmm. is a piece of screw as your your string retainer yep. and it has that cheaper looking three saddle bridge that you would see on cigar box guitars and stuff like that it looks very well done like mm-hmm. everything looks really clean on it like the back plate on it looks really clean the furals the the uh the screws for the neck mount it all looks very nice yeah. to me and you know i think it looks uh, totally appropriate for $400 i want to try it i think this is the kind of guitar where I go in and I go like, oh, $400 sounds kind of steep. But I think if you played this and you had a lot of fun with it, I don't even think you haggle. You're just like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. this yeah, is, no, that's this like, is stupid. And I've got $400. There's $400. It's like you took, you know, a factory produced guitar and you did crap to it. And now it's worth less than yeah, it was. Yeah. This is someone made this for $400 and it looks clean. And it looks, look mm-hmm. at the, look at the front end, Steve. No, it looks really well. The fret ends well look made. really nice. Like, look at look, look at that picture right there. Those yeah, fret ends. Yeah, I've seen them. I've got that picture it's right here. Co- they look awesome. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I kind of wish it wasn't Worker. black, but I know it's, that black is a special black. Yeah, it's it's black 3.0. I do kind of wish... I, would you prefer this in the pinkest pink? I would. I do kind of... Not from that guy, though. No, no, pink okay. is pink is the okay. same guy as black 3.0. Vanta black is the, right, is, right. the is the guy that sucks. Okay. Uh I would prefer it if it was low strings instead of uh cuz th- there's at least one unwound string on here. I wish it was yeah. you know, I wish it was like a heavy Basically, I wish this was a PUSA, right? Strong guitar. That's what. That's See, actually when you when you yeah. when I saw that you put this in the drive, I thought that's what this was going to be. Like a what is that? A C sharp, a uh, and I think then it's another C sharp. sharp. I thought it was C sharp, G sharp, C sharp. Is is dropped drop D? You know, <laughs> is it C sharp, G sharp, C sharp, or is it C sharp, G sharp? No, you're right. C sharp, G sharp, C sharp. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a drop D tuning, but lower. Uh, I I yeah. would love it if the, it would need to be a longer scale to do that. I've actually been thinking about doing that too. The uh, Bad Cat Explorer. I know. Well, you, I you know you know they didn't know until just now. Hi, hi everyone at home <laughs> or work or in the car. Don't watch YouTube it in your car unless you're on work break or something. Well, like they that. could be listening. That's this true. is a park car. I know, but don't watch don't watch the videos while you're driving. Is what I'm saying. It looks cool. All right, tell us about the song and get us out of here, Steve. This song was sent by Eric Andrus. He says, consider playing my song at the end of the show. Also, you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, hey, Ryan and C. First, thank you for all the great shows. I love listening to your podcast when I hike. Uh, hiking is a great time to listen to any podcast. Listening to people who are hilarious, but also nerdy for guitar gear. The same way I am. I like to think of myself as horny for guitar gear. 
That needs uh, to be his shirt. <laughs> has brought me a lot of super needed laughs during tough times these past few years. A humble thank you uh, for all you guys do. I'm a single dad and just a guy that enjoys playing guitar in my basement. But at the start of the pandemic, I decided to try to write some music. I recorded all the songs in my basement after my kiddo went to bed and finished an album. So I thought I might gather my courage and ask if you might consider playing my song, Marry Me, on the podcast. I included an M4A and Wave. I that's, always want to say Wave because that's how the British say it. I always say Wave. It is Wave. Uh, since I wasn't sure which file format you would prefer, if anyone's interested, uh, links in the bottom. He's got a full album called Clean Blue Air under the name Eric Andres. That's kind of the dream, like making an album after you put your kids to bed. Like the, so many... I've made so many of those plans in my life as a dad. Like, yeah. I'm going to do this thing when my kids fall asleep. And then I'm always just too tired to do it. So the fact that you did it, kudos. I Big always respect. say I'm going to do this thing after my kids go to bed and then they don't go to bed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
great job. Yeah, that was great. Really, like fantastic production quality on that. Like it, it sounds a hundred percent natural and well done, yeah. and it nails the 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 style and the, the genre that you're going for perfectly. Really good job. You did that when you it, when your kids went to bed. Good job, man. I got nothing to add. That I'm was, impressed. That was great. All right, bye everyone. Stay, Stay grounded. grounded.